A new budget amid the economic fallout of a global pandemic. Welcome to the recap. I'm Kenzie Watson. The new budget was announced and approved by the legislator this week with no input from the governor's office. We know that the people of Oklahoma are hurting. They are concerned. There is uncertainty. And what the legislature's responsibility to do is to give those people certainty about the core services that the government provides. The budget cuts most agencies by 4%, but has a smaller cut to the public education. Budget negotiators say an increase in federal funding due to the pandemic will make up the cut, so this budget will hold common education harmless. The entire budget is $7.7 billion, which is about 3% less than the current year's budget. Between the economic collapse from COVID-19 closures and the crash of oil and gas markets, Oklahoma's economy has taken a beating. House Democrats opposed the process, arguing the governor's office hasn't released enough information about economic projections and said a political power struggle between the governor and Republicans and the legislator could hurt Oklahoma. We've got some questions that we're looking into. There's a couple things that we're, we're trying to get more information on, uh, like, you know, the Department of Public Safety was cut 9%. Uh, the attorney general's office got a 12% increase. So we just have some questions on, on why they cut certain agencies, why they gave certain agencies increases. Uh, but my team's looking through it. Uh, we're meeting with, uh, with the House and the, and the Senate. And uh, my commitment is to get a good budget for the citizens of Oklahoma. So I'll be getting more information as I get more details about it. The governor said this week he still has to review the budget, but he only has 10 days to make a decision because it has now been passed by both chambers. If the governor vetoes the bill, House and Senate Republicans say they have the votes necessary to override. While the governor hasn't said anything about his thoughts on the budget or the process, he did provide an update on the state's COVID-19 response. The governor said the data shows with the first week of phase one, infection rates have not risen and the state is still on track to the phase two opening, which would allow for more businesses to open with continued restrictions on crowd sizes and social distancing. The federal government approved more of the state's disaster declaration requests. The governor's office says federal disaster funds are now available for crisis counseling. The move will allow for more mental health programs and treatment for those impacted by the pandemic. The governor's office says the state is still waiting on other requests for federal disaster funding, including more unemployment assistance. The state Supreme Court struck down a provision requiring mail-in ballots to be notarized. However, House and Senate Republicans approved new ballot security measures. The governor signed those into law on Thursday. The new bills would still require absentee ballots to be notarized, but grants an exception in a public health emergency like COVID-19. If a public health emergency has been issued within 45 days of a scheduled election, ballots can be signed and mailed back with a photocopy of their driver's license. House Democrats argued that those restrictions could keep some people from voting because not everyone has access to photocopying equipment. The Attorney General has weighed in on those gaming compacts signed by the governor and two tribes in Oklahoma. Attorney General Mike Hunter issued an official opinion which said the governor lacked the authority to enter into any agreements that authorize gambling activity that isn't legal in Oklahoma. The new compacts would allow sports betting, which deemed legal on a federal level, but the state hasn't signed off on it yet. The AG sent his opinion to the United States Secretary of the Interior, asking him to reject the compact. For more information on how the gaming compact debate began and how it could impact public education funding, check out the story by ENN's Taylor Bryant on our website. Plus, head to the Epic News Network website for a look at the staff selection to help you through the summer social distancing.
Hollywood won't be back in full swing, and the movie theaters may look a little different, but you can still binge watch our favorite flicks at home. That's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. And remember to keep checking our website and our social media pages for the latest stories from our team of student journalists. Thank you.